This is Boat Crew RPG with The Learning Curve. All right. Here we are to the final part, hopefully, of the uh, Masks, The Learning Curve character creation session. So, Monica, who is your character? And what what are, what are they all about? Well, I am choosing to play uh, Jennifer Trujillo. She is a young teenage girl, I would say about 16, 17. Uh, she's obviously female, uh, Hispanic, a bit of a stockier build. She's a very casual person, um, not into costumes. And for her, I have chosen to uh, play out of the Scion playbook. All right. So for those listening, that is the same as Randane's or Bill's character uh, playbook, which means that you are essentially, your, your character focus is that you are the child of a villain. Correct. I just pull my notes up so I can start tying up here. So what we're going to do is we're going to go down the, uh, the playbook thing and ask and answer the questions to it except for uh, a couple of ones that we're going to have to get the others in huh? which we'll do next week hopefully please let, 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 them go, let nothing go wrong next week please I don't want any more delays we'll so. postpone the tsunami <laughs> well I'll be fine but I don't know about you alright so let's start with alright so you got went through the look of them now your lineage so, you are the child of a true supervillain, someone with power and the will to use that power to cause harm. Even though you strive to be different than them, you are what you are because of them in one way or another. So, what kind of villain are they? First off, um, my supervillain parent would be my father. And my father is the puppet master slash grandiose tyrant supervillain. Now, I, I would say that you, so you want to make, sort of make those two, that. so I would say that's because Puppet Master implies that they're, they're like the person behind, the, like they're the power behind the throne, where versus oh, the okay. grandiose would be like, they're the one who's, you know, visually, obviously in charge. So would you, mm, would you prefer that? In that case, that? I would say he is the Puppet Master, okay. given his background. All right. Interesting choice. Okay, so what is your relationship like with them? My relationship with my father uh, kind of flip-flops between sadly opposed and actively adversarial. Now, that's something I will kind of uh, agree that yeah, that's that's much more of a... That can make, you can mix those two. All right. They have an array of abilities, assets, and strengths. What are some of them? My father, I definitely chose uh, the ability to have endless minions and to have powerful allies. All right. So I'm trying to figure out just because I do have a backstory for this thing, and there are like going to be some like built-in. Not, I don't want to say built in because I'm making, making this whole setting wholesale myself. Well, somewhat. 
most like the actual most of the characters, heroes and villains, I'll be making them up, but the setting itself, I'm sort of borrowing from several different uh, stuff. So I'm trying to. So would you say he? Like, what would you say is like his big motivation for being a supervillain thing? Would it be more of a personal reasons, or would it be like a, a more of an ideological reasons, or both? Mm. Well, I would say his reasons for. Uh, coming to light are personal, but his ultimate gain is financial power. Okay. And because I go into his background story now, or if we do that later. Um, we, I think we could talk about it. So I think right now I got a question for you. So would you say, would you think like he would join like a larger like movement of like for like to like sort of like he was like he was the, would you say he like he would prefer to be on his own, or would he like sort of like work within like a larger like movement? Say like a like a I guess you could say like a like a a political movement. Would you say he works? So uh, okay, so within the within the setting, what that we're gonna explore, what we're gonna play in. I one of the things I want to explore is that there is essentially a political movement among. Uh, about superpowered super people who they, they call themselves the truth and their whole stance is that well you know basically there was in you know like but you know but before you were born there was this huge like uh you know essentially like the, the avengers big team up thing happened like it was a big interdimensional crisis that happened and was solved with the super with superheroes and it left the, the you left your guys earth very much in shambles like the fate like you know there were tons of people like hundreds of millions of people dead or missing and the truth the movement came about and saying you know we need to fully break down the old power structures and build one build new ones and one of the more like usually and the, the sort of the unsaid implication is that superpowered people should be the ones in charge of those new structures so do you think he would be part of that movement or do you think he would just sort of not want to like fully devote to that? Hmm. So in this uh, truth moment, movement, you said that the people with powers would be in control or be prevented from being in control? They, basically, the idea is that there are like people who believe that the, you know, if, if a person can you know, you know, think faster, you know, if you have powers that let you, you know, do things something better than someone else. They should be in charge because by merit of their having powers. Okay. Uh, well, that definitely lines up with my father's backstory. Um, he's definitely somebody who believes in safety and numbers. And he, I mean, he certainly thinks highly of himself and uh, he would see a group uh, setting as both an opportunity to stand out and, you know, create minions within that group kind of infiltrating it and also as a way to conceal his you know true motives by hiding behind you know the other faces in the group okay so you so he that would be something he would sort of uh what's the word gravitate towards that's it yes all right now i get right now Okay, now I'm starting. I'm starting to see how this can fit together. He's got that glint in his eye. All right, now 
back to the actual uh, 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 playbook. What abilities do you use to fight them? This is the one that gave me a little bit of trouble. So for me, I chose uh, Cosmic Energies and Mastery of a Single Skill Set. Now, Cosmic Energies gave me a lot of struggle because it's such an open-ended comic book term. Mm -hmm. um, I finally decided on uh, manipulation of pockets of gravity. So, for example, if an enemy were to throw a knife, I could control the gravity around the knife to have the knife essentially just fall like a ton of bricks on the floor. Or if somebody's running away, I can, you know, decrease gravity around them and make them basically float in air and unable to gain traction. That sort of thing. Okay. Now, and you don't... You don't you now, the, but you, you do not have to think too hard about the exact mechanics of it. Do you I, know me? <laughs> I, I know. I also, I also tend to, I want, I want to get into the mechanics of it, but it's how this system works. It, it's, it, it's, it's more abstract. It, 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 we'd have to play, play a whole different system for it to really get into the, like the mathematics of it. But so. I'm fine with math light. If we could just say, and so it was, that's fine with me. Yeah, because I, I, I also want to get into this, and I think I definitely will sort of ask you just get, get, get a little bit in detail about it. Give me some ideas about this. So, uh, okay, uh, so, and so, what powers would your father say your father has then? If it, because you said he has endless minions and powerful allies, so will, would you say he's less of a threat all by himself, or? Like he ha he does have some power to back himself up with, but that's I would not his. Say that for my father, um, his power by himself wouldn't really be much of a threat. I think for him, I'm envisioning something akin to the power of persuasion, but it being a, a real thing, not just verbal manipulation, but more of a, a mind controlling. I whisper so, in your ear, and suddenly you're motivated to do something. So like, like, uh, like you know, if he says something, you have to obey him for like a certain amount of time or something. Correct. Ooh, okay, that's definitely interesting. Then. Oh, that actually fits up really nicely. So he is literally. Oh, that's. A, I, I, I'm sorry, Monica. I'm keeping secrets again. I don't want to give too much to you or the listening audience. Your hair is full of secrets. <laughs> but I, I now for those listening, I don't. I don't. I, I want to share this with you, but it's like I, I don't. I don't know which is better to to just geek out about it now or let it come up and play it's hard okay it's hard how about let it come up and play and then geek out about it okay don't 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 let the professionalism fool you people we're still nerds here absolutely all right so labels so how so the labels will determine how lily how you well you roll for certain aspect actions and if you if you uh i like i shared the uh core book with you and you should like check out the if you don't check out anything else just check out the rules section how you do moves so each each uh, label will affect how well you do a certain action 
And so uh, let, let me pull up the thing. So we'll read the definition for each. Oh, there. Oh, I'm looking at it. The, uh, all right. So labels. labels, labels. All right. So danger at the top is you see yourself as threatening, strong, bloody knuckled, and risky. Other people see you as a danger when they think you should see it and see you as a danger when they think they should see it clear of you because you might bring harm, bring them harm. You see yourself as a danger when you believe you can take down other dangerous threats and when you think you yourself are a threat to other people. So each label sort of has both sides to it. Like it's both a good thing and a bad thing. So if you have a high danger, it means you think you are both dangerous and a danger. And they're different, two different things. Your freak is when you see yourself as strange, unusual, unique, and powerful. Other people see you as a freak when they think you're odd, unlike them, something unnatural or outside their, of their understanding. You see yourself as a freak when you accept and own the things you can do that no one else can. And when you think you don't belong with the people and the world around you. Your savior is when you see yourself as defending, guarding, protecting, and stalwart. Other people see you as a savior when they think of you as noble or self-sacrificing or a bit overbearing and moralizing. You see yourself as a savior when you think of yourself as a martyr or someone who gladly sacrifices to protect and defend others. Superior is when you see yourself as smart, capable, crafty, and quick. Other people see you as superior when they think you're the smartest person in the room or an arrogant and egotistical jerk. You see yourself as superior when you think you're cleverer than everyone else and when you know exactly what to say to make the people around you do what you want. And then finally, mundane. That's when you see yourself as normal, human, empathetic, and understanding. Other people see you as mundane when they think of you as all too normal and uninteresting but also comprehending and sympathetic. You see yourself as mundane when you think you're regular, just a person, not special, and focused on normal human things like feeling and emotions. So you start out with a plus one in danger and savior, and then you get to add one to wherever you think should be, would be appropriate. I'll add a plus one to mundane. All right. Seeing yourself as more down to earth? Absolutely. I'm just an everyday gal. <laughs> Right, because everyday people can can affect the, the very laws of reality with the thought. I'm sure that's all just in my head. <laughs> all right, and the conditions are when basically when it, when uh, you know, they can be inflicted upon you to um, complicate stuff, and if they fill out, then you're taken out of. If they're fully filled out, then you're taken out of a scene. That we could we can explain whatever that means for when that, whenever that comes up. All right, and so your backstory. So we went. We so who? So let's get into that now. Who is your development? We talked about your father. Is that? And who yes. told you about your parents' true nature? Nobody told me about my parents' true nature. Um, I found out about it all on my own. I just happened to notice that. Uh, well, let me start with my father first. My father is a businessman. He's definitely all about money. Uh, very type A personality, very low on empathy. And he's always thinking of his next move to make more money. 
I always noticed something strange about him when you were, when you were little, you know, you're, you're a little bit easier to deceive, a little bit easier to gaslight. But as I got a little older and became a teenager, I noticed that my father lied a lot to his employees, to my mother. And the more I paid attention to it, the more I realized that my father wasn't the nice man I thought he was. He had a company that was focused on restoring the environment and, you know, bringing clean water and, uh, you know, marketing strategies, as well as farming strategies to places that uh, were a little bit more remote or, you know, impoverished. However, I realized that while he was, you know, putting forth this persona, what he was secretly doing uh, was creating a monopoly of um, natural resources so that he could control the flow of money for transportation. And of course, in order to obtain those resources, he was damaging the very environment that he was claiming to protect. So I first noticed that he was not a good man because of that, but I noticed that his, well, co-workers were a bit too obedient. And that's when I became suspicious that my father had certain abilities that he was not using for good. All right. So I think this this part, I'll also explain more of the backstory of the world or the war we're in. So I talked about this in the previous, with the previous two. So if for listeners, you can just listen to that. But for you, Monica, so superpowers have been a thing for three previous generations. So in the first generation of superheroes, they, it was generally, they, they were not as powerful. They, like, you know, they, they, they were like a one person could like be like they could be tougher, stronger, faster. Maybe like shoot a shoot sort of laser out of their out of their hand, but that was about it. They couldn't do they could do one of those things, but not all of them. And for why like like they they could like society was able to sort of adapt to them somewhat. But then the second generation occurred, and then super superheroes and super uh, the, super, the powers started to come less like the changes became more drastic and people found they couldn't adapt as fast so the powers were more vulgar and therefore they seem more threatening yes and also that let's so like in the first generation if you say if you like if like the police raided the hideout if they you know they could reasonably be expected to you know take everyone down even if they had even if somebody had superpowers they could be expected to take them down without too much hassle with the second generation, it became a question of if 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 the police were just entirely normal people, it became honestly a question of could they could could they do it? Like could they successfully like you know raid a raid a, like a hideout and take everyone captive, or would they or would the police all die? That like that like you know just you know just how could, like there are some threats that, that that you literally needed another superpowered person to combat. And then the essentially what happened is like the some like there are different names for it, but generally people call it sort of like the shuffle in that like dimensions like different dimensions are to bleed together, and so like you know dip, like countries would like shift and like either vanish or be replaced with like an alternate version of themselves. Like Belgium, you know, one day just changed. Like all of a sudden, they went from being the country we know you and I know to like. You know, being from an alternate history where they were they were they, they were the Nazis and not Germany. Did they keep the waffles though? <laughs> yes. 
but now everyone hates that. But now, but Walsh became verboten after the no, Belgian regime. The blasphemy. <laughs> we all go to pan- pancakes now. And so then there was a big, you know, a big, you know, well, you know superhero crisis, you know, that eventually ha- that was that was fixed before we were born. But like I said, the aftermath, like, is it just because they beat the big bad guy doesn't mean they fixed all the problems. So the world was left. So, well, it wasn't fully apocalyptic, but there was definitely a lot more unrest. You know, like they were like, you know, you could well once there was like a big city. And now there's just a just. You know, empty just landscape just it's just gone you know it, it's like you know like like the it's a uh, new york it's just not there anymore it's just you know just forced and so as a result there was a, a, you know people just chaos ensued for a lot and you know well during your childhood there was a lot you know thing you, know, you always hear stuff about how oh we're fixing this or this, this problem popped up or this happened i see so everyone's a programmer <laughs> exactly. If you fix one problem, then five more pop up. All because you fix the first problem. Needs more rubber duckies. <laughs> and then, and then, so specifically for you, where you live, Halcyon City, with for your for, during the third generation, which which would be your parents' ish age, and during your childhood, for the most part of the history for that for that time period of Halcyon City, the biggest threat was was the Earl King. And I I I didn't realize this until after I fit we did the first session. I was like, I just realized I unintentionally like I'm not now I intentionally made made a crossover between Chronicles of Dark, Chronicles of Darkness and Masks. Now I'm not saying a member of the gentry from changing the lost fell through a portal and wound up on this earth. I'm not saying that. But, there, but you are wagging your eyebrows in that general direction. So yeah, so for the, the longest time, it like, it, and this particular member of the gen, for, for those who don't know Chronicles of Darkness, Google it, 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 it. You will understand more. So like, essentially, they like the Earl King was like they would ki- they like to kidnap people and make them into. You know, mutate them as far as people of Halcyon City were concerned, and they would be lo- the mutated people would be loyal to the Earl King. And for a while there, the Earl King specifically targeted children. And so for the longest time, like, you know, we basically, like, children were like, you know, they weren't, they didn't go to school, they were like hidden, basically, you know, they were like protected, you know, within the city, like, you know, they would like go to, like, you know, like be homeschooled and, you know, be taught in like the, the tunnel, the secure tunnels under the city. All kinds of fun, 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 fun stuff. But of, but of course, and then finally, recently, the Earl King was finally, they put down the Earl King. And then so that was two years ago. And then now you're finally, oh, hey, you know, the biggest, if we can actually still start going back to how things were, how about we we get our kids back in school again? So how about, and that's how you find yourself in high school for the first time. And you're like, what is what's high school? I, I I don't know what that is. No one I know has been to there, and so that's I feel that's the, sort of the rough backstory of the world. We're gonna of uh, of the learning curve for now. Now back to you, back to Jennifer Trujillo. So now now why did you turn from your lineage to be a hero? Because my father did the unthinkable. Right around the time I started kind of getting the idea that he wasn't using his powers for good. 
my mother was also getting the same ideas and she was, you know, the classic goody two shoe, always do what's right, lawful good type of person. So she tried to unmask him and show the world the type of person he really was. In a fit of rage and pure narcissism, he struck her down. And at the sight of seeing my mom dead, I realized that I couldn't, you know, I couldn't stay with him, obviously. I took after her more than him, although that did mean that I was kind of out on my own. So unfortunately, he thinks that because I was kind of catching on to him and my mom tried to unmask him, in his mind, I'm the one that whispered these things in her ears. So I'm the one that has cost him a bit of reputation. So I have the target on my head now. So question. So she said, you said she attempted to. Did she succeed in unmasking him or is he, does he still have a good like public reputation? I believe she would have tried to, you know, go to the authorities or at least some sort of news source. But his control and his facade as such a good upstanding citizen would be very difficult to tarnish. So people would have probably looked at it and thought, you know, this is just for attention. This is just, you know, they didn't so, have so, best so, marriage. So publicly, you were st- publicly, he still has a good reputation. Some people might have suspicions, but like they can't prove anything yet. So that's what I'm, that's what, that's, would you say that's sort of accurate? Yes, correct. All right. That's, that, that fits, actually, that fits pretty good. So Technically, technically, he's still your guardian, but you're like you've sort of I don't know what the you've emancipated yourself, I guess. You need, yeah, you he's know, my guardian by name, but that's about need, it. We need to get Mitch on this thing to get some legal advice. Right. I can't afford him. I'm sixteen. <laughs> oh yes, Mitch, the famous lawyer in Hawthorne City. Yeah, yeah, problem. Go to him. Uh, so, who outside of the team helps you on your chosen path? I put another family member. I'm thinking uh, my aunt from my father's side. Uh, she was someone who had villainous tendencies like him and was, I guess, in some in some ways, those, those old habits die hard. She was working with him to achieve this financial monopoly. But at some point, she became another stepping stone for him. And, you know, now she's kind of aligned with me not because she's a good person but because the enemy of the my enemy is my friend all right all right now why do you care about the team so this is where i think i'll now i'll finally start to give you a little bit more details about the other two (laughs) finally the secrets will be revealed so like i mentioned before uh randane went with the also went with the scion playbook and they are the uh, he, he is his character is Alchemy, Alice, the real name Allison Kimberly, who is the daughter of the engineer. Now, now that her Alchemy's backstory is that both of her parents essentially were like the uh, I guess you could say like the the right hand man to the Earl King, like they both. Like both of her parents sort of like get into like get into like the armor and like the you know the mask and the voice altering you know get up 
to become the engineer that for all, for all everyone else knows is one person. You know, the engineer, like the like they do mechanical engineering, genetic engineering, all kinds of stuff. And so they for a while there, they essentially they were they they were loyal to the Oaken just because you know this is like the this is like you know the the, the power in the area that we can go to for you know less and get you know supplies for our less than moral like science experiments. And then you know they were going along fine, but then soon after the Earl King went down, Allison decided, you know, I'm gonna turn you know, I'm gonna turn myself turn my, you know turn myself in and confess all about you know give details about the engineers' operations because you know I want amnesty and because I don't like them very much. They're not good parents. Now Yoreen went for the newborn playbook and she is playing Oh dear God, she is playing Tony Technology, a genetically modified, a basically a artificial cat boy. Let that sink in for a bit. Did you just say cat boy? Yes. As in meow meow boy. Yes. Okay, go on. I'm interested. So she explained that you know that that Tony was literally built by the engineer. Uh, they, they were experimenting with, you know, trying to make, you know, just, you know, like just, you know, minions to for themselves that they didn't have to rely on the the Earl King to provide them with soldiers and that they would be loyal to the engineer rather than the Earl King. So they built built them in a lab. They're like, oh, oh let's, let's go with Catboy. Why not? Let's go with that. And make him, we could try, make him a bit humanish. We're prototyping here. We're, we're just seeing what happens. We're throwing stuff to the wall and see what sticks. So essentially, when Alchemy, when Allison Kimberly, Randains basically went, you know, turned in her parents, she essentially went, oh, hey, you know, this is a, someone I've seen them literally build in the lab. I got to make sure to help them and, you know, let them become an actual person. And so, like, that's what. So those two have sort of been together in like a sort of orphanage slash uh, government, you know, relocation thing for uh, since you know they're you know because the engineer like they their secrets are out, but they're still on the on the loose. So both Tony Technology and Allison Kimberly are sort of orphans for now, more or less, and they're being taken care of by a. Uh, at a local orphanage, but also they have like you know government handlers to make sure that you know they're they're fitting in well and that you know that there's no uh, uh, contact really between them and the engineer. So I'm thinking the reason why you might care about them is that you know when you when you when you yourself sort of like you had the big you know you 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 you, uh, you know, uh, what's the word um, when you accuse your father that's uh, it. Uh, like you know, like you know, most people, you know, didn't really go into it too. Like most people, the public bought it, like bought that he was innocent. But there were still enough people within the local scene to be like, okay, there's not Woods blind a few things, but we don't have any proof yet. So how about we we we'll put you in? Also, oh, we you, you you can still stay with your aunt, but we we would like it if you would also like meet up with our other program for other like you know escaped. We just had had to have two other people here who like you know. Who uh, who also have are in somewhat similar uh, uh, conditions as you. So you know, get to you know, you know, hang out together. Let's go. You know, just 
well, let's sit there and record it and I don't know, play with crayons or something. We got business to do. We're trying to we're trying to put 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 the world back together. And this actually fits in rather nicely because while my aunt is helping me for the time being, I am very distrustful of her because ultimately she aided my father to getting where he is now. And the only reason she's helping me is because she's trying to get back at him. As soon as I'm no longer useful to her, I'm on my own. All right. Yeah. So that, that, that fits together actually pretty nicely. You're, you're just the, uh, you're the, uh, you're the ex, you're the, you're the, you're the people, the villain kids just sort of shuffled together up in the corner somewhere. Can our, can our team name be like the shuffled rejects? <laughs> You can you can you can throw it out to the that's but just the rejects. You can th- we can throw that out to a Bill and Yorin. Start our own garage band. <laughs> oh, I almost forgot. I almost forgot. Uh, so Yorin's character's name is Tony Tony Technology because he doesn't fully get names how they work, and his su- his superhero name is Catroni. Stop. I. <laughs> That was that was my reaction the whole time. And well, you're well. I'm okay. Sorry, I I don't mean like that. Not like that. It's just a little more chaotic than I was thinking. But I can work with it. Do you know who you were talking to? I know who I was talking to. You know what you signed up for. I I was hoping her love for the grotesque would win out. Not for a superhero game. Well, that's I'm just gonna have to fix it then. You're going to have to be the grotesque one for us all. Well, I'm definitely planning to. <laughs> oh, dear God. So, yeah, those are your, t- those are, those will be your teammates. Alchemy and Catroni. I, I, do, I just know, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a free spoiler. This, I just, you just know, like, as soon as, like, you got to kind of meet another superhero at some point, and they're going to, you're going to beat the team. It's like, you're not very good at kind of the naming thing, are you guys? It would be hilarious if she chose, if the, you know, Catroni chose his name by like a random name generator, <laughs> like random superhero name generator. It's like, well, this is good enough, Catroni. It is. <laughs> I don't. I don't even think a random generator could make that name. That could. I think that could only come from Yoreen. Absolutely fair. All right. So I think. Yeah, I think it's. We can safely say that the reason why you care about them is that you. You. You're just. You're. All, you're all just the rejects. And so we'll, we'll skip over the when our team first came together. Thing. Now we'll talk about that during the first session, just because that's we need, we need everyone put together for that. But it will be interesting having both having both having both two characters be condemned for having superhero supervillain parents. That'll be interesting. All right, so relationships. Blank is the only one who understands what I'm going through. I told them which part of me I wish was more like my parent. So who would you think would be the person you would talk to? And Well, I think if we're talking about the team, it would have to be alchemy. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the team. It, it could be the team, but it's ultimately just whoever you want. You could, so do you want it to be the team or do you think it would be someone else? I think given the very specific situation and family dynamic that I'm in, Alchemy would have to be the only one who okay. could possibly understand me. Well, yeah, it's it's not it's not just alchemy; it's alchemy because it's a Al- pun. Ki- oh, Jesus Christ! Because her Allison Kimberly, 
Stop. <laughs> Did they just get together and think of like the most dad joke names possible? They they were alone for like ten minutes before I joined in. They 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 started the session before I jumped in. So probably that was that was your first mistake. <laughs> and well, here I'm like, here's my very normal human name. Well, it, it, it works honestly. The, the world you live in is full of just it's it's messed up. You got people. You got you got missing. You got missing countries. You got diff countries that are replaced by alternate history versions of themselves. It's a mess all over the place. And that's not even getting to the kaiju. Oh, I forgot to mention that. So, f- fun fact. Also, at also at random at random points, your city might come under siege by a giant unkillable monster that can only be driven back. What? So yeah, b- basically, like one of the things is that after like the big interdimensional crisis was solved, one of the things that got left over is that they th- these things called scars. They're essentially giant monsters that, you know, they they you know, wander the earth trying. They, pe- like most people think that the tr- they're trying to somehow like reopen the like re- restart the big crisis that happened before, and like they weaken the barriers between like the dimensions and cause a whole just cr- basically bring them all crashing together, and so like you know one like and they're very 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 hard to kill. Like someone managed to do it once, but the consequences was that there is now there there is now there is now uh, a distinct border between Europe and Asia, as in there is there is just you know there is a new a small a very thin ocean that it separates the two. This is kind of like the trail mix game <laughs> where we just took. All sorts of interesting things and put them in a bag and just shook it and said, it's delicious. Well, hey, it's, it's superhero stuff. And it's you've, you've, you've had three generations of previous craziness. The stuff is going to get stuff is gonna get, I'll get all mixed up. And I freely admit I am stealing from a couple of uh, superhero stuff that I just I, I just like. And I, oh, I love I, I just I, for example, the kaiju stuff. I am stealing that from from a web novel that I love. It. It's. It, it, I just, it's you have giant unkillable things that people need to band together to fight against, or else you die. It's uh, how can you resist that? All right, so back to the relationships. Uh, we keep digressing. I think it's because for now I'm the one keeping in the chaos, and not, I'm not the one wrangling. Yorin and Bill's chaos. Are you challenging my chaos? Are you saying that I am lacking and therefore you must make up for my lack of chaos? Because I take offense to that. No, it's just that it's one on one. We it's what is it's it's that there's you're not you, you it's like you're you're like a sound wave. You have to you need something else to bounce off of to get more chaos in there. If you're just all by yourself, it you can have chaos, but it's 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 not as chaotic. You just remember you said this. You will regret it later. All right. My parent once fought and thrashed blank. I've got to find a way to make it up to them. Now, I think since this, like, since your father is more of a private, you know, more of a secret villain, how do you want to play this one out? I struggled with this one because uh, given my backstory, 
And again, like you said, his secretive nature. The only one that would make sense for this would be my aunt, because he did fight her. He did wrong her. He did thrash her. And although she's not someone that I fully trust, I do feel that for the time being, she is helping me. So I should find a way to get her back in good standing, hoping, you know, hoping against all hope that if I do certain acts of kindness, she will reform from her evil ways. Okay. I, I, I kind of, that, that does make sense. It, is, it does make a nice moral complexity. Like, you know that she's not an altruistic person, but there is still a sympathetic, there is still sympathy for her. There's still, you know, something you want to connect with her about. Yeah. What's her name? What is her name, by the way? Your aunt, Lynn. All right, Lynn Trujillo. Or which, 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 who is she married? Nah, single woman. I thought so. And I never tell you my dad, Efrain Trujillo. Sorry, what was the name? Efrain, E F R A I N. E F. E-P. Where did you get B? It is a name, Ephraim. Listen, Joaquin, don't act like you're not Hispanic. Ephraim. I typed it in the chat for you. E-F-R-A-I-N. Okay, but there is there is an old, like, uh, I think, like, it might be Jewish, or it's an old name. E-P-H-R-A-I-M. Ephraim. Yes, that's like the English version of it, but because we're Hispanic in this game, Joaquin. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I've never heard. Of, I've never heard of this one before. But I've heard of the other one before. I, I don't. I, I don't Taking know. The Hispanic card. Taking the Hispanic card. Hey, no, 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 you can't do that. I was specifically named Joaquin because so that way no one else in the family had that name. Oh boy. Well, they must. Well, what? Like, oh please, like that ever stops people from being like the second, the third, the junior. Well, that, that, that's why my parents did that, because my dad is technically a junior. Oof. Well, good on you for breaking, breaking the well, cycle. Well, they, 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 they chose. I didn't pick my name. Wish I did, but I, would like, I do like the name. Though. I like my name. Yeah, you would have picked out something weird. Like Joaquin. It's perfect. Well, All then right. you know what? Then you help pick it. <laughs> yeah, so before I was born, I picked my name. All right, so Influence. Uh, it's, yeah, I think since you only have two teammates, so both your teammates have influence over you. Yeah. And so what, basically when someone has influence over you, that means like if they, if like say someone wants to uh, shift your labels, like say they're trying to convince you or they say something to you that would make you like raise or lower your danger. So let's say you, know, you, need, like, you need to be more careful. You need to not, you know, be, you know go, just go crazy with the powers. That would shift your labels. And if they have influence over you, that makes it harder to resist that. How would that actually play out? All right. So, for example, uh, my danger is plus one. If I just wanted to go in guns blazing and then Catroni said, hey, listen, right now we need a little bit of subtlety. How would that play out? So you, like, you would like role play it a bit. And then someone would then that's because the, the move is literally someone is trying to shift your labels. So that, I would say like, uh, um, so yeah, it's like it, like, like I said, you role play it out, and then they would say like, it's. I would say like it sounds like you're trying to shift the labels, and then I would make you, uh, I think, roll for it. I, let me check the rules. And everything do I need to brush up on the rules again. Um, I'm, I, it's hard. It's again rusty. It's been so long since I started this thing, but now I need to 
need to get familiar with them, familiarize myself with them. Okay. Oh yeah. By by default, adults have influence over PCs. The young heroes care what the adults tell them, for the most part. And you either either someone has influence over you or they don't. One it's either one one or all the other. Right. So when someone with influence over you tells you who you are or how the world works, accept what they say or reject their influence. If you accept what they say, the GM adjusts your labels accordingly. If you want to keep your labels as they are, you must reject their influence. If you have influence over someone, you take plus one to all moves towards them. That means you take plus one to directly engage them, unleash your powers, defend them or defend against them, provoke, comfort, or support them, or pierce their mask. You may also take plus one on any of your playbook moves that target them. You may even take a plus one to assess the situation if, if they're the focus of your attention. And at, when you take advantage of your influence over someone, surrender the influence you, you hold over them to choose one. Give them a minus two on a move they just made, or inflict a condition on them, or take an additional plus one on a move targeting them after the roll. And when you reject someone's influence, you need to roll. On a 10 plus, you choose two, two effects. On a 7 to a 9, you choose one effect. On a, hit, you, on a hit, you successfully hold to yourself and tune them out. So on a 10 plus, you could either clear a condition or mark by immediately acting to prove them wrong. Or shift one label up and one label down. Your choice. Or cancel their influence and take plus one forward against them. Or on a miss, their words hit you hard. Mark and mark a condition and the GM adjusts your labels. Does that make sense? So ultimately you, you roll a D10 for everything. Okay. Checks out. All right. Yeah, that's about that's it for how influence works from the book. So now my moves. Yes, you start with two. Yes. So I have show, uh, I have decided on, I'll show them, which is when you defend someone who doesn't believe in you, you can always take influence over them, even on a miss. Ooh, interesting. Yes. And the second move I have chosen is they don't deserve forgiveness. When you accuse an enemy of being irredeemable, you can mark two conditions to take influence over you away from them. When you directly engage someone who has no influence over you, you can always choose one additional option, even on a miss. Mm. So it's definitely, it sounds like you're someone who has an axe to grind. Oh, yeah. I'm out for revenge. <laughs> oh, by the way, what, what is your superhero name, by the way? Redeemer. Redeemer. All right. All right. So that. Uh, all right. Now, respect. Write down the names of at least two other characters you res- whose respect you need to earn in order to differentiate yourself, differentiate yourself from your parent. You may fill in new names whenever appropriate. So, who who do you so who would you think? This is going to be difficult for me. All right. Um, well, my my parents' greatest victim is obviously my aunt. So you care what your aunt thinks about you, even though you're not sure you like her. Yeah. Ultimately, 
she's the closest thing I have to family since my mom is gone. So while I may not show it, her respect is kind of a litmus test as to whether I'm going the right way. All right. Now, so that either greatest enemy, you know, doesn't seem quite appropriate. Your personal idol, greatest city's greatest leader, city's greatest hero, or the city's biggest celebrity. I would probably choose the city's greatest hero, if depending on who they are. If there's someone that reminds me of my mom, someone who's very lawful good, I can definitely see my character uh, caring whether her acts and, you know, what she does with her powers is seen favorably in their eyes or whether I'm just another chump kid kind of thing. All right. I think I can sort of fill that one in. Um, I guess greatest, uh, I suppose, yeah, for Halcyon City, like the, I wouldn't, I don't know, if the, not necessarily the most powerful, but I would definitely say like the most like, what's like, like you know, like the the one that's like the whole the home the whole the, the hometown hero, I guess, would be the night guard. I think for Halcyon City for this version of Halcyon City. So the night guard has basically he's been a, a hero since the second generation. So they've been around for you know a while. Their power is their whole thing is that they they like cover themselves with like shadowy armor, and they like I said they've been like. The, like that, and that's their power, but they they've also like sort of been like uh, I guess like they're, they're known for the night car is known for like like doing a lot of like community stuff. Surprisingly, like at first they were very much like the sort of Batman ish, like you know they they do they do they work in the night and then they're just gone. But like over the years, they sort of become more of a uh, more of a public face for the for the for the hero community in the Halcyon City, I think. Oh, so he could also, in a way, remind me of the person I wish my father could have become had he chosen the right path. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we yeah, we definitely that's definitely something because I think I think uh, uh, Bill also chose that the night guard for his parents' greatest enemy. So I think that'll be interesting to see how that dynamic works. Our eyes. So yeah. So I think that is. It for the playbook thing, unless you have, do you have any other questions? Not yet. Not until you ask me to roll something. <laughs> All right. Uh, wait, 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 we'll get to that. All right. I think that is it for now. Oh, that's, that was that was a good session. I think. That wraps it up. So that should be the last. Thank you for everyone for listening. That should be the final character creation session for uh, the learning curve, unless someone else decides. Unless someone else in the group decides to join in, which case I'm always happy. I wish case I hope I got. Now I'm saying I kind of hope so. Just it'd be more fun. More people. More more chaos. More fun. Now you want the chaos? Okay. <sighs> oh, shut up! All right. Thank you everyone for listening, and tune in next time for when we finally start. The learning curve. It's, it's been in the works for months, people. Months. Want to find out more about the story? Join our Discord channel. The link is in the description.